Welcome to Rec Talks, a podcast dedicated to the ever-evolving world of rec tech and financial regulations. My name is Klaus Christensen, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Know Your Customer. We're an award-winning rec tech provider specialized in corporate client onboarding, KYC, and anti-money laundering process digitization. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Marius Galdikas as my guest. Marius is the CEO and chairman of the board at ConnectPay, one of the fastest growing electronic money institutions in Lithuania. A business and technology expert, Marius has an impressive track record developing digital products and accelerating growth at various enterprises. Marius, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Klaus. Pleasure to be here. First, can you give me some background about what Connect Pay is concentrating on these days? What we do, what we focus on, we are a financial services provider for online businesses. That is our goal. Our vision is to become uh, the market standard of a financial services provider for online businesses. We saw it initially as a very good opportunity or as a very good target market to go after. And uh, I think we guessed very well, given the recent circumstances of COVID and lockdown, and you know, extremely accelerated digitization of, of businesses. So retail businesses are getting shut down, online businesses are booming, and um, I think we're in the right spot, in the right industry, and we just need to cope with the growth and manage the growth. In my own personal experience, and uh, with my wife's experience as well, I have to say, there's just this constant stream of packets arriving. <laughs> and um, that just is based on electronic digital commerce online. Uh, it's uh, It all moved online in a, at an incredibly rapid pace the last year. Uh, you're in Lithuania, and uh, that is sometimes described as the leading fintech hub in continental Europe. It's a small country. What makes a country so fintech friendly? Where does this reputation come from? I think, honestly, the, the reputation was created by the successful strategy of the Central Bank of Lithuania to, to fuel this industry. I think uh, it's the Central Bank of Lithuania, this is the, our regulator, uh, who has very clear direction for fueling this business and has very specific programs and plans and, and approaches in place that allows this to happen. So first thing, you have an, an open door policy with the Central Bank of Lithuania. If you're looking for uh, at a business model, if you're looking for, uh, you know, establishing a new company in, in the fintech industry, if you have some ideas, but you're not sure about the regulation and so on and so forth, you can actually, uh, you know, reach out to the Central Bank and get a meeting and, and you can get uh, very clearly directed towards, you know, oh, you need this type of licensing or that type of licensing. Or if your idea is really unique, and it's not regulated yet. The central bank also has this initiative, which they call the regulatory sandbox. That is very also very important and innovative. If your business model is not yet regulated, you can actually work with the central bank to still put your product into market, build it with supervision of the central bank and launch it into production environment, start offering the service to real customers and test your product in real world environment. So I think, you know, open doors regime, the regulatory sandbox environment, those two things are, are really contributing to the growth of the industry here. Obviously, uh, another thing from when it comes to customer experience is the actual licensing process. The central bank released just recently uh, another survey where they're asking for the market participants to provide feedback on how the licensing process works, what works, what doesn't work, what can be improved to make it more seamless 
and more streamlined. So there's a lot of effort really being put put in by by the central bank to allow to ignite these companies and and spark up the creation of these fintech companies with different businesses and business models. That's the things that have led to so many fintechs actually being created in Lithuania. We have about 200 right now, which is a lot for a small country like Lithuania. That is absolutely astounding, really. And uh, I love that sort of policy. And I wish we could translate that into the larger countries and the European Union. The question really is what keeps us from, from doing that. Did you go through a sandbox process or did you just obtain your own license straightforward? For our case, it was pretty straightforward. The business um, that we wanted to put in place was very clearly fell into the category of either EMI, electronic money institution, or a bank. Bank obviously needs to do lending and more things. So we decided that we're going to start with an EMI. And um, it was pretty straightforward for us. You are using a lot of technology in your company uh, to work with regulations. You have obtained your own license, and that is obviously the regulator who pushes that on you. And I just wonder how the two areas of regtech and fintech connect and uh, how to make them connect. Like, what is your own experience in terms of using regulatory technology inside your products? Being a financial institution, technology these days is a lot more about the ecosystem that you construct, right? There's a lot of companies, including RecTech companies, that provide very specific services that require specific knowledge and specific integrations and, and so on and so forth, which is not part of our direct business. We provide financial services to our customers. So what we end up doing is we end up building this ecosystem that interconnects multiple different RecTech vendors, one for KYC, for accessing registries or obtaining aggregate access to registries and, and pulling information from external databases, then others for real-time you know, compliance monitoring or sanction screening uh, or real-time fraud detection systems and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of regulatory technology providers out there. And I think it's a very important choice for, for a financial institution. You cannot really construct a fintech company without having reg tech in your ecosystem, be that built by yourself or be that specialized companies that provide specific services. One thing I would like to mention, though, on this RegTech topic, last year we were participating in another initiative by the Central Bank of Lithuania, whereby there was a couple of financial institutions selected from Lithuania. One of them was us. We, what we did is we built a system of real-time data exchange with the Central Bank. So the objective of this RegTech solution was to pilot a capability which basically allows real-time raw data to be delivered to the central bank for regulatory purposes. The project was, was a pilot. We launched it. It was successful. We proved that it is worth being put in place and it can be very valuable for the industry, for fintechs like us, financial institutions, and also for the central bank. One of the main things or main um, benefits of, of this uh, reg tech system that we were building was about regulatory reporting because each you know, financial institution has different types of customers and they manage you know, different types of systems and they manage their data differently. And then you have a list of sort of regulatory reports that are aggregate reports that are needed by the central bank. So the problem that you know, the central bank is facing when you have so many different financial institutions, you know, each of them need to provide data into these reports, but 
it's never a hundred percent match in terms of how you aggregate data between different players. So the objective was how, how do you get rid of this ambiguity and how do you be more precise and direct? And you do that by sending raw data in real time to the central bank and allow the regulator to do aggregate analysis based on the criteria that they see fit at any point in time. So it was a great success. We piloted it and we're really looking forward for this initiative, for this project to, to going live in real environment. And so that we can start sending uh, raw data to the central bank and stop uh, sending aggregate reports and, and maybe being uh, not precise enough, right? And this will, this will allow the central bank a lot more confidence in the players and allow them to see a broader picture when they analyze the entire ecosystem of, of financial institutions and what payments move between different financial institutions within Lithuania and also in and out of Lithuania. So I think it's going to be a very, very uh, great project. That's very interesting for two reasons, really. Uh, one is it looks like the central bank is using sandboxes both ways. Yes, it allows sandboxes to exist for new fintechs uh, to experiment, but also they're experimenting and trying to uh, get information in a new way. The other that I think is why this is interesting is, to me, it documents a move from the regulators away from paper processes in their thinking. Because if you think about these reports, regulatory reports, they were designed for a different era when you actually sent them in as paper. And uh, we, they replicated only this process nowadays, obviously by email or with PDF or whatever, but with limited data, while it's actually not necessary. Now we can send much richer data, much more raw data and let them slice it any way they want. Do you see it's such a move away from, from a paper-based thinking? Yes, it really removes the, I would call it the game, unintentional game that the regulator ends up playing with a financial institution, whereby the regulator says, hey, can you provide the data to me this way? I know about these customers. And then you look at the data and you say, okay, but for me, it's not exactly like that. So this customer I will put in this category and the other one I will put in that. And my rationalization for why I classified that customer this way and the other one the other way is this and that, right? So you end up with this process where you put the data together and then you send it to the central bank. But at the end of the day, why is it a game? It's because the regulator might request to clarify specific information. Okay, why did this customer fall into this category? And then you might end up looking as if you were trying to mislead maybe somebody because it's not exactly clear. So you end, you end up with this game, you can put, put it this way, then you have to rationalize, you have to document your rationalization because if the question arises, you have to defend yourself. But the underlying objective is for the regulator to obtain the data. And I think that is what is the, the key change, right? It must be a lot easier to integrate all these numbers if you have the actual numbers and not the report in between. We talked about the impact of the 2020 lockdown measures and the pandemic on digital payments, and it was greatly positive, as we know. What do you expect uh, will happen in 2021? I think we were forced to undergo a huge transition in business. Online businesses grew a lot. Customers were forced to use online services. There was a lot of fraud targeting all of these customers that were new to the digital services. 
customers that never shop online or suddenly were forced to shop online. A lot of fraudsters were targeting relief programs and targeting those funds. And there's still a lot of that going on, and I'm sure it's going to continue for 2021. However, I think the transformation forced push into this online business area, it also made a lot of companies learn. Many of the businesses learned how to uh, work in these new conditions, you know, given that everything is online and so on and so forth, but also that the businesses had to move to work from home regimes, which increases anxiety for your employees who suddenly, you know, feel uneasy about, is my company going to be okay? Will I still have a job? So I think in 2021, what we will see, we will see a continued trend of uh, online businesses booming and uh, fraud should reduce. People should become more aware. I relate this current period and, you know, the economic downturn to what happened in 2008. The financial crisis of 2008 actually was very impactful for financial industry. Trust in the financial sector fell horribly and a lot of people lost their money. But there was a lot of innovation that was spiked because of that. Bitcoin was created because of that. The entire sharing economy gig was because it was created because of that. There's, there's a lot of things that were created. So I am really hopeful that as a result of this COVID nonsense that we're going through for the last year and unfortunately we'll go through for the majority of 2021, it will spark innovation. We will see some maybe new business models, new businesses arriving just because of the shakeup that happened in the market. I certainly agree. There's also a lot of financial power in terms of investments going to these new companies. And that uh, will spark a lot of innovation. What would be the future of payments if you look further out and digital finance? It's, it's hard to say, right? I think we, where we are in general, we are working in a very complex environment. And the complexity is artificial, or it's my personal opinion, that we got to the point where you need to do AML and counter-terrorist financing and fraud prevention and detection. You need to do so many things as a financial institution on top of simply providing a good customer experience, good payment products to your customers, you know, seamless experience, good pricing. You have all these requirements that ends up being majority of a business. In our organization, compliance department is the biggest organization, you know, in, in the company by far. Why that is happening is because I think at some point in time, the world identified, you know, you have terrorism threats after 9-11, and then you have so many criminals trying to legalize their, their, their proceeds from criminal activities, and that must be stopped. We are, we completely agree. So money, there must be no money laundering, no criminal activities, and no terrorists. That's, you know, the strive, the world that we want to go towards. But then at some point, the responsibility for finding and identifying crime has been put on financial institutions. They need to move money. So let's, you know, tackle financial institutions and ensure that, you know, criminals cannot move money through the system. Great. But then more and more controls, more and more directives are rolling out and more and more responsibilities keep falling on the financial services providers. And this relates to technology and payments products as well, right? At some point in time, you end up with uh, being unable to properly provide AML controls purely because it is very complex, right? It's very broad, the things that the responsibilities that you need, need to take on. It's very broad, the controls that you need to put in place, but also you are exposed to a limited data set. 
we're not criminal scientists. We cannot identify forged documents. I mean, yes, there are algorithms and so on and so forth. AI can be used for that. But we are very restricted in terms of information that we gain access to. So there's so many things coming together. It ends up being very expensive to implement, especially for small companies. It's very difficult to compete. There are so many things we do, and this costs one cent, and this costs two cents, and uh, so many things you need to do to execute a single payment operation. And it can stop in five different places. So it's very difficult to provide a seamless, smooth experience for your customer because there's so many things that you need to do to execute a single payment. And you want to charge less and you want it to be seamless, but it becomes more and more difficult. So I think the future of payments is we have to solve these issues, right? We have to stop blindly pushing the requirements to do everything on the financial institutions. We have to have more initiatives like the Reg Tech, Tech Initiative by the Central Bank of Lithuania. We have to share more data with the regulator, with the FIUs of, of different countries and have them fight the crime so that financial institutions can, can build the payments product so that financial institutions can move value between different countries and currencies and between different people you know, in an efficient manner. Whoever manages to play this game most efficiently, whoever manages to push this initiative of more collaboration with the central banks uh, and FIUs, those countries actually and those companies will win. So the future of payments is is making those payments more simple, more easy, more understandable without hiccups and, and efficient. They have to be cheaper. I can almost guess what your answer uh, would be to the, the last question. I ask this all my guests. If tomorrow you woke up and somehow you had become the global financial regulator, what would be the first thing that you would do? And of course, why? We have to rethink from scratch, what is the objective of the regulation? It's not about penalizing financial institutions. It's not about making a super complex environment for companies to work with. It's not about you know making huge barriers towards entry. And there's so many things and so much money and investment you need to, to start up a, a proper company, properly set up company that is fully compliant. And I would, I would shake things up uh, because the entire world is paying for it, right? We're all not trusting each other and, and paying through paying for the financial services. 25 cents for a separate transfer. Why is it not one cent? I would rethink the setup by consolidating, fighting financial crime into properly staffed, properly set up organizations, you know, governmental organizations, regulatory organizations that would see a holistic picture of the entire industry you know, across markets, across different players, and would be able to do the things that the financial institutions are doing right now much more efficiently. Every single financial institution does the training, people, systems to fight crime with a limited set of data. You can do the same thing and funnel all the payments to them. And it would be holistically throughout the entire market, it would be a lot more efficient. And you can, you know, build a huge skyscraper, hire a thousand employees for the country. That would be my challenge and objective. Fascinating thought. And uh, with that, thank you so much for your thoughts today, Maris. It has been very, very interesting. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you for having me, Klaus. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rec Talks. My name is Klaus Christensen, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of award-winning RecTech provider, Know Your Customer. 
If you liked the episode, please subscribe to the whole series and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us, suggest a guest or a topic for an upcoming episode, please send us a message at info at knowyourcustomer.com or visit knowyourcustomer.com slash rectalks.